What's up, folks? Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Steve Freeman Podcast. Uh, today's episode brought to you by my good friends at Performance Inspired Nutrition. That's pi-nutrition.com, where you can find everything you need to live a more healthy and active lifestyle by the way of supplements, multivitamins, everything you need to help you stay on your keto diet. What I want to talk to you about today are the awesome supplements that they offer, like Beauty Support Collagen, Apple Cider Vinegar Pills. Yes, I. everybody, every doctor will tell you Apple Cider Vinegar is awesome for you. It, it, it cures what ails you. But who really likes the taste of that stuff? I know I don't. Well, Performance Inspired has natural apple cider vinegar in pill form. So all you have to do is pop them in, take them, and you get all of the benefits, and you don't have to worry about the taste. What we've been going through with the coronavirus, every doctor has said how good zinc is for you. Performance Inspired has zinc plus pills that you can take supplements that are very easy. It supports your natural immune system. You can find it all right there with Performance Inspired. Plus, like I've told you, I take the multivitamin every single day. I have never felt better. I have more energy than you can possibly shake a stick at, which has always been an issue for me. It keeps me going throughout the day. Part of my regimen also is the performance diet and energy capsules that help you get that full feeling all day to where you're not hungry every hour and a half or two hours. Check it all out at pi-nutrition.com and get on your way to living a more healthy and active lifestyle with the all-natural lifestyle products from Performance Inspired. Find it at pi-nutrition.com. Enter code Steve at checkout and get 10% off of your order. And right now, all orders over $74.99 are getting free domestic shipping. So check that out now. But don't forget, get your additional 10% off when you check out by entering code Steve at pi-nutrition.com. We're also brought to you by the Artist Development Academy, artistdevelopmentacademy.com. If you are a singer, songwriter, producer, engineer, and you're wanting to take your career to the next level, but you want to know how to do it really, I'm not talking about all the fake BS ways that we're told that the mainstream industry shoves out at you and tells you need to spend all this money. I'm talking about how to really take the bull by the horns yourself and grow your career. Our members get access to our entire online library of courses, plus a brand new course is uploaded every single month. Like in June, this month's course is all about YouTube and how to monetize YouTube and make money from your music using the second largest search engine on the planet, YouTube. A bunch of courses, uh, hit songwriter Reggie Ham, five-time CSAC Songwriter of the Year, has an entire class on the uh, the art of songwriting. You can check it all out. Plus, members get access to our online uh, forum, members-only forum, where you can post your work for feedback from industry pros. Uh, you can meet co-writers and collaborators from all over the world, plus communicate with a community of like-minded people and creatives just like you check it out today. Go to artistdevelopmentacademy.com. You can take the free artist development masterclass. Take us for a test run. I think you're going to love it. I know you're going to love it. Our members do love it. They are in constant contact with me and I love being able to help them one on one. So if that sounds interesting to you and you want to take your career to the next level, 
Go to artistdevelopmentacademy.com. Sign up for your all access membership. Enter code Steve at checkout and get 30% off. That makes an entire year of your all access membership cost less than one cup of Starbucks coffee per day for a month. And you get it for an entire year. So go check it out. Artistdevelopmentacademy.com. Enter code Steve at checkout to make sure you get that 30% off your all access membership. Man, has there been a lot going on this year? I, I, I feel like we're damned if we do, damned if we don't. I, first, we're told we're all going to fucking die from this coronavirus thing. And now that what's happened with George Floyd in Minneapolis, it, it, it just feels like one thing after. And then I see on the news the other day, uh, we've got a, a, a comet that is bigger than the Eiffel Tower. Um the size of a football stadium uh, heading close to the to the earth. I, I'm just this feels if you've ever seen that movie, who was it with uh, Dennis Quaid, like the uh, something about tomorrow or, or it, it feels like one of those movies. It's like if we could hit the reset button on 2020 or if we could just move on and let's get to 2021. We've had the murder hornets. It's just not been a good thing. It's just not been a good thing at all. You're listening to the Steve Freeman Podcast. The real, raw truth about the pursuit of success in music, business, and life. Here's your host, hit songwriter, multi-platinum selling producer, and serial entrepreneur, Steve Freeman. We are, as I guess, we're coming out of this coronavirus bullshit. We're starting to see just how hard some of the economic impact is really going to hit. Um, And when I see stories like this, it really hits me kind of hard because it's been such an intrinsic part of our life. AMC Theaters announced the other day that they very well may have to close their doors. They have, quote unquote, substantial doubt that they can remain in business after closing locations across the globe during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, check this out. The theater chain, which closed its theaters earlier this year, expects to lose between $2.1 billion and $2.4 billion in the first quarter of the year alone. Their revenue, they reported, fell to $941.5 million which is down 22%. Uh, it was $1.2 billion the same quarter last year. Um, they said that they're going to continue to monitor potential lifting of various government operation restrictions, restrictions allowing people to actually come back to the movie theater. But they're saying now that they have a cash balance of $718 million as of April. And they're just not sure that they're going to be able to make it back. You know, you've probably seen also in the news um, how a lot of the major movie studios chose uh, to have movies that were coming out during this period go straight to streaming services, whether it be, you know, like Vudu, Amazon, Apple TV, where you can just buy those releases. And I, I've said for a long time that, you know, I, I think that's going to become more of a thing. I, I, I Not that people, you know, don't want to go to the movies, but with the rise of Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and Amazon and all the other streaming services. I mean, if you could watch it in the comfort of your own home and eat whatever you want and, and you know, pause it and get up and go to the bathroom if you need to, the need for the movie theaters is going down, in my opinion. Um, we used to go to movies all the time. I, I haven't gone in, in a while. 
Um, and this is just something that I just absolutely have to see right when it comes out. I just don't go to the movies like I used to. And I'm afraid that what happened with this coronavirus thing is really just going to kind of be the kind of the nail in the coffin. And it's kind of sad because it's an end of an era. It's almost like when the, the drive-ins went away. Um, you just hate to see that because it is a part of our American culture. I mean, going to the movies, you know, buying the, the extremely overpriced ticket to get in and the uh, exorbitant prices at the snack counter of paying $19 for a large soda and $23 for a tub of popcorn that's sure to give you a heart attack. I mean, it's just those things that are are a part of our American fabric. They're a part of who we are. And AMC being the largest chain out of all of them, if they go away, it's to me, it's just going to be kind of like the first domino. And, and to me, it, it also goes back to a thing of convenience. As technology grows, we are creatures of habit and we love technology. We love things that make it more accessible immediate because none of us have any attention span whatsoever. It's always what's next, what's next, what's next. And I tell business owners all the time and, and singers, songwriters, artists, it's kind of the same thing. It's very hard to break through and develop an engaged and and steady fan base because everybody's always looking for something different. They're always on the look for the next thing. And there's no way possible uh, for you to create the kind of content that would keep somebody interested all the time. It, it's, it's it's impossible. Um, the only way that would be possible is something like the Truman Show where you just have cameras on you 24 hours a day. And, and there are a lot of people that are trying that. But... We just live in this satisfy me right now society and technology a lot is a lot to blame. I mean, now you cannot escape the news, anything that's going on, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, LinkedIn. I think I said Facebook, all of the you cannot know and be uninformed. It's very difficult these days to be uninformed or have not heard of something. I always love people. Have you heard this? There is no way in the fucking world I haven't heard about it. Unless I've just lived under a rock or I haven't picked up my phone. Even phones, when you think about phones for a second, the, the purpose of the phone is to make phone calls, yet it's the one thing they do the worst. <laughs> you could do anything on your phone at the blink of an eye except make a phone call and it drops calls or you don't have service. It's, it's, it's weird. But I am sad to see the movie theaters go. Even though it's not something that I do regularly, I am sad to see them go, but I get it and I understand it. I'm one of the people that would just assume watch it in the comfort of my living room. Matter of fact, I would prefer that. So it's just another way that expediency and technology is is killing one of the industries that that we've loved. Um, the movie studios, I don't think are going to have an issue because in all honesty, I mean, they're going to do just fine. They cut out a middleman. If, if you cut out the distributor and what it costs to uh, advertise all of these different movies in these each theater, they're going to save a lot of money by shipping their product direct to consumers. I mean, that's that has been the revenue model for the Amazons of the world for everybody is is, is it's almost like drop shipping. Uh, the, the movie studios are just going to start drop shipping their product to customers instead of requiring you to go to a third party location in order, enable to, in order to consume them. And that uh, you could argue in a way 
This is so non-capitalistic, but you could argue in a way that that's almost a better thing because they will make more content. If they know that they don't have to allocate this amount of money to distribute and market this movie and they can take it straight to the people, they're going to make more content, more shows, more on demand, because that's in all honesty what we've become. We have become an on demand society. We expect it on demand. If we want it, we want it right now. We don't want to wait six months for it. Because, hey, nothing frustrates me more than seeing a trailer for a really good movie and then summer 2023. Yeah, that's frustrating because it's like, no, I kind of want to fucking see it right now. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait two more years. But uh, it's I I read that and it was it was kind of sad. Also, over the weekend and I only I knew and this again plays in this on demand. Look at me on demand kind of society we live in. But LeBron James, basketball star, called out several people on Instagram and Twitter, social media over the weekend for clout chasing around Los Angeles. There are these Instagram models that are going around where all of the rioting has taken place and they are having people take pictures of them as if they are helping rebuild. And I'm talking literal stories of Chicks in yoga pants and tank tops rolling up where they're boarding up buildings and saying, hey, will you will you take a picture of me? They take a picture for Instagram. They post it and then they get in their car and they leave. It, it, it is it, it's it uh, does it surprise me? No, it absolutely does not surprise me. He told a story on his Instagram of a lady that stopped someone boarding up a store in Santa Monica so she could hold the drill for a picture and then drove away. Another woman posed in front of a store that had been ransacked just hours earlier with the witness saying this girl is making her boyfriend take a picture of her in front of a smashed T-Mobile. Is there nothing we won't do for attention? And, and, you know, one of the things, and I have to say, I love this. Gary Vee says this, that he day trades attention. And I love that saying, because anybody that wants to break through and, and do anything, achieve your goals, achieve success, you're going to have to break through. And in order to do that, you need people's attention to do it. Again, it goes back to that whole on-demand thing. How can we get content to people as fast as humanly possible in a systematic delivery format to where they're never going without something? But I got to say, I draw the line here. Look, Instagram models is is one thing on its own. It is is, I mean, most of these chicks have just have just they've number one they've bought followers, and they post nothing but pictures of. Most of the time, they're half dressed, and I get it. I get it. People out, they love that. Men on Instagram, women on Insta. I mean, you love that. Either you you look at it because you hate it. Or you look at it because you like it. But see, the, the person in that instance wins because you're looking at it. It doesn't really matter. But to use what's going on right now around our country with the rioting and the Black Lives Matter and the whole Antifa thing, it, it, in order to falsify a vision that you want to put out there, to me, that's the lowest of the low of the low. And, and I, I applaud... LeBron James for for calling these people out on this. Now, I'm not going to say it was just all all girls or women. I'm sure there were guys doing it too. 
I mean, that happened here in Nashville uh, a few, uh, what is it, a month and a half ago. Time, I, I'm sorry, time has felt like, felt like it stopped. So I have no feeling for time right now, but it must have been a month, two months ago when we had the tornadoes, there were people out clout chasing by driving around where the damage had occurred of the tornado, taking pictures of making it look like they were chopping up trees. They'd pick up a shovel or a hammer or make it look like they were doing something. They'd take some pictures and then they were off, off to the next disaster zone to make it look like they were helping out. And, and again, though, though that's just being a piece of shit. There, there's just no way around that. There's no other way to describe it other than that's just people that are shitty human beings. So if that's you, if that's you out there doing that, please just stop. We, we, there's just no place for that right now. And it just really pisses me off when I see people doing that. So, so I agree with LeBron James in, in calling these people out, saying they'll do anything for clout. And they're true. It's true. They will. It's sad. That's how bad people want fame in the in this country around the world. Really, it's a, it's a worldwide problem. But that's what makes that's the fame. That's what it makes people do things like that. And it just makes me sick. Um, today's episode I titled "Damned If You Do" because I I, I want to follow up on a few things I posted on my social media my story the other day. About the the blackout Tuesday thing, because all weekend and I think it started around Saturday again, forgive me with the non essence of time, but I believe it started somewhere around it was Friday or Saturday, maybe even Sunday when the music business was supposed to have this blackout Tuesday where, you know, we were all going to shut down. Nobody was going to do anything. We were going to post black pictures as our profile pictures and on, and we weren't going to post anything. We were going to take a time out to bear witness to what is going on and, and show our solidarity with the people that are protesting and marching um, against injustice and racism in our country. I thought it was a great idea. However, I will say this, uh, the iTunes store remained open. Uh, Amazon remained open. All the places where you can consume and purchase music remained open. So I don't know how much the music industry really gave up on Tuesday. What really would have been a sign is like, look, we're going to pause everything. Music's not going to be available. Movies aren't going to be available. Nothing's going to be available. We are having a complete industry blackout on Tuesday. Basically, what happened is we're just not going to post anything for 24 hours. And I mean, fine as a gesture, I guess. But did it really do anything? No. And I went ahead and did it because I wanted to participate. I, I want to support as well, just like I said in my post. I want to help use my voice, use my platform, anything that I have. I'm more than willing to, to give to, donate to, whatever, to help bring awareness to the injustice that's going on. But what I started to see as Tuesday morning unfolded, I start seeing a lot of people in the black community post, hey, we kind of see this as as silence. We, you know, right now we need to be spreading the word. And if we do a blackout, then you're not posting anything that doesn't bring awareness to it. And I thought, you know what, that actually makes a lot of sense, you know, which I think is a huge piece and part of the problem that we're dealing with right now. 
It's that as as on one side, you, you've got a lot, most 99.9% of white people going, what can we do to help? What can we say uh, that that shows you 100% we are with you, that this is not uh, phony anymore, that this is this is a real deal. We get it. We understand. We're with you. What can we do or say in the right way to make you understand that we are with you without offending you in any way? And then you've got the other side going, we want you to do this. We want you to do this. Be with us. Stand with us. But then when we find ways that we try to do that, you tell us that those ways are wrong. That is a we talk about the issue of race in this country. And, and there is nobody that, that I can even imagine or think of that doesn't admit that. It's a issue. It's a huge issue. It's probably the issue of our day. It's been the issue of our day for 100 fucking years. But if we want to change it, to me, the key is communication. And that, to me, this whole Blackout Tuesday thing was a perfect example of exactly there being no communication between the two sides. Yes, white people want to help. We want to bring awareness. Uh, I think black people want us to help. They want us to stand side by side with them and show there aren't two sides of this thing. We're all one people. We're all Americans. We all bleed red. Please stand with us. But then you criticize the way that we choose to stand with you. Now, I will say over this whole Blackout Tuesday thing, I agree with my black friends. I thought that that's what you wanted us to do, so I participated. When it became clear that that is not really what you wanted us to do, then I changed courses. What I want to do is somebody to tell me exactly what it is that you want us to do. Because whatever it is, I'm down for it. I started seeing all these posts you know, from, from amazing uh, black friends they're saying, you know, this is this is being silent. Let's not be silent. Now's not the time to be silent. See, I'm trying to find a middle ground. Because I see and saw, since this has happened, a lot of my white friends, colleagues, posting about this stuff constantly. I have a little bit of an issue. I'm going to be honest with you. I have a little bit of an issue with that because I've never seen you post anything about Black Lives Matter before. Now, I understand that it is in the forefront of our minds right now because of what's happening. But to me, it comes off a little phony, a little fake for either two reasons. One, you're trying to take some of the clout and get some attention for it. Or two, you honestly have a, a sincere reason for doing what you're doing. But I take it as I take it almost a little fake. And I'm not saying that your intentions are fake, but what I am saying is that I put in my post, I never heard you say anything about this before. If this is such an important issue to you, and it's always been an important issue to you, why don't I ever see you post anything about this other than now when it's popular and when you need to be seen as if you are supporting what's going on? So I find a lot of it to be inauthentic, and I refuse to do that. If I see something on social media that I think is powerful, that I think makes a point that is like, wow, that is that's a perspective people need to hear, then I'm going to share that because I said there is a struggle going on right now with white people going, how do we do this properly? How, how do we use our voices? How do we use our platform? And even down to how do we use our privilege to further your cause? So when I find something of substantive value 
I immediately want to share that. But I am not making every post on my social media or on my story or somewhere else about Black Lives Matter, about this, about that, because that's I've never done that before. I'm just trying to be me. And when I don't post about those things, I'm not saying that I don't agree with you. But what I would like is for you to tell me exactly what I can say and what I can't say and which ways that you value my voice, my platform being able to be supportive of the movement. But I also want to be authentic with my uh, viewers, with my followers, and be who I am in this process. I don't think that black people want white people putting on some sort of a face to bring attention to this. I think they want authenticity. I think they want real people standing next to them, not doing it because they're afraid of how they'll look if they don't. And there was a big thing that came out um, last week that kind of feeds into this. Because I, 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 the thing that I want to make sure everybody understands is we will never all agree 100% on one side or the other. We never will. It's just who we are. It's in, we, we are given free will, free thought. We can make up our own minds. We will never agree 100% on anything. You can make a statement that is completely supporting one side or the other, and somebody's going to disagree with it. Case in point, the Saints, New Orleans Saints quarterback, Drew Brees, was doing an interview, um, and they asked him about what he thought about what's going on about the Black Lives Matter uh, movement uh, with George Floyd, what he thought about that. Now, I'm going to read you the quote that he gave this reporter for this interview. Drew Brees said, I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played. Of course, side note, they were talking about, you know, now looking back on the whole Colin Kaepernick situation about the kneeling and everything. So this all plays together. He said, let me tell, just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army, one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and try to make our country and this world a better place. He also added that standing with your hand over your heart is an equally good way of showing unity. He goes on to say, every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears thinking about all that has been sacrificed, not just those in the military, but uh, for, but for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movement of the 60s and everyone and all that has been endured by so many people up to this point. And is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go, but I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together, we can all do better and that we are all a part of the solution. Now, that was his answer to the question. And it didn't take five minutes for people to come unglued. Um, again, LeBron James came out very upset. Uh, one of the wide receivers here with the Tennessee Titans, A.J. Brown, uh, who I have invited on the show and has not come on the show. I'm not using him as an example because of that. But he lit into Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers lit into Drew Brees. Here's the thing. 
everybody gets, does anybody think that Drew Brees is a racist? No. Does, can pretty much everybody agree for what he does charitable wise uh, through his foundations and what he does in the community at New Orleans, in New Orleans, in Louisiana? He's an amazing guy. He is not a racist. I guarantee you he is one of the 99.9% that stands with you. But because he didn't phrase it exactly the way the other side wanted it to be said, they get angry. And it's almost like in times like this, why don't you just provide us a script? Provide us a script so that we read from it, so that we make sure we say what we mean exactly the way that you want it to be said so that you feel it's valuable. This is this is one of those communication breakdowns. So he has been catching holy hell over his comments. I guess in some sense, I can understand the frustration. Because a lot of these people are saying, hey, dude, you've got a platform. I mean, you can really help here. Your your words matter. And they do. But he didn't say exactly what they wanted him to say and express exactly what he wanted to exp- they wanted him to express. So now we have to attack Drew Brees. I just don't feel that if the overall goal here is for us to all come together, why we have to, at- to continue to attack each other. I don't doubt for a second that Drew Brees stands with everybody that's holding Black Lives Matter signs and that are protesting. Does, do I think he stands with the rioters? No, but guess what? Even the Black Lives Matter people do not stand with the people that are rioting. We talked about that last week. It's a completely different group of people. But I guarantee you, you could probably find Drew Brees standing out on a line holding a sign right there with you. But again, he gets attacked for what he says. He had to go to Twitter, of course, because now he has to respond because he didn't say things exactly the way people wanted them to be said to make them feel good. And like I said, I get I get both sides of this thing. So here's what Drew Brees put out as a statement in response to his comments in that article. He said, I would like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the city of New Orleans, the black community. NFL community and anyone I hurt with my comments yesterday In speaking with some of you, it breaks my heart to know the pain I have caused in an attempt to talk about respect, unity and solidarity centered around the American flag and the national anthem. I made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark on the issues we are facing right now as a country. They lacked awareness and any type of compassion or empathy. Instead, those words have become divisive and hurtful and have misled people into believing that somehow I am an enemy. This could not be further from the truth and is not an accurate reflection of my heart or my character. This is where I stand. I stand with the black community in the fight against systematic racial injustice and police brutality and support the creation of real policy change that will make a difference. I condemn the years of oppression that have taken place throughout our black communities and still exist today. I acknowledge that we as Americans, including myself, have not done enough to fight for that equality or to truly understand the struggles and plight of the black community. I recognize that I am part of the solution and can be a leader for the black community in this movement. I will never know what it's like to be a black man or raise black children in America. 
but I will work every day to put myself in those shoes and fight for what is right. I have always been an ally, never an enemy. I am sick about the way my comments were perceived yesterday, but I take full responsibility and accountability. I recognize that I should do less talking and more listening. And when the black community is talking about their pain, we all need to listen for that. I am very sorry. And I ask for your forgiveness. Now, does anybody see the the two differences here in the statements that he made um, in the interview? He was asked specific questions. He was answering those specific questions that had to do with what's going on versus the protest and peaceful protest that Colin Kaepernick and other players were doing by kneeling during the national anthem. And he responded with his honest how he feels remarks. I do not take anything that Drew Brees said in the to mean that he was anti Black Lives Matter or anti police brutality. He was simply referring to how it makes him feel when he sees the flag and when he hears the national anthem. Just because he feels that way does not mean that he does not sympathize, empathize, or believe 100% in the movement that you are currently involved in. It doesn't mean that he doesn't like black people. It doesn't mean that black lives don't matter. It doesn't mean any of that. We go too far. We will never heal. We will never be able to come together. If if every chance we get, if people don't say exactly what you want them to say, then you attack them. On the other side of the coin, I see how people who are currently feeling an extreme pain, pain that white people will never understand. It's like when I talk to to Charlie Hines, we are not afraid when we leave our house, when we load up our kids and we're going on a trip like I'm going to Utah next week. The last thing in the fear in my mind, the last fear in my mind is what's going to happen if I get pulled over on the freeway or if I get pulled over by a cop. That is that is literally the last fear for my black friends. That is the first thing they think about. So I get it. And they see Drew Brees as a person with a platform who can push the agenda, who can get the message out, who's who's, he's up there on a platform with a bullhorn and he can make it so that he didn't say exactly what they wanted him to say. I think he clarified in his statement exactly where he really stands. I don't I don't for a second think that what he said in his interview. Was in any way reflective that he doesn't feel and didn't feel at the time exactly the way that he says he feels in his apology. And I don't think we're going to see any real change until we stop doing this to one another. Now, could some of his comments been viewed as insensitive? I don't know that it could be classified as insensitive I, because I don't think he said anything offensive. There was nothing offensive or insensitive about what he said about relating the national anthem or the flag to him personally. When he sees the flag, he thinks about his grandfathers who fought in World War II. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing anti-black about that. There's nothing anti-movement about that. There's nothing pro-police brutality about that statement. So it's not insensitive. It's just not in line with what you wish he would have said to push your agenda. 
And like I said, until we stop attacking each other for not using the exact terms or doing the right thing, just like this blackout Tuesday, we're told that that's what we're supposed to do to show uh, solidarity, that we're with you to make our voices heard by being completely blacked out and not taking part. And then we're told, no, that's really not what we want you to do, because now we see that as a sign of silence. And right now we need you to be posting about stuff and we need to, to be bringing awareness. Listen, everybody's aware. Everybody's aware and everybody's on one side or the other. And that's our issue. There shouldn't be two sides to this issue. If there are two sides to this issue, it's every black person and white person standing together against these motherfuckers that are burning cities down and doing graffiti and vandalism and all this, because their agenda is not the agenda of black people and 99.99999% of white people. Those are the two sides. Right now, what we've got are three sides. And the white side and the black side are still finding ways to not communicate with each other, to move the agenda forward as one. There is strength in numbers. And that is what we need now more than ever. Stop criticizing people for not saying things exactly the way that you would say them because their experience is not your experience. And if they make it sound like their experience is your experience, then they get called out for being fake, for being phony. You don't know what it's like to be black, so don't say that you do. So you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. The one thing that I know is that I think we all need to be authentically ourselves through this process. I don't think that I need to go on social media and constantly post everything. And no matter what I'm posting, I hashtag Black Lives Matter. Of course, Black Lives Matter. And everybody knows what's going on. I've made it very clear how I stand on this. Yesterday, we saw that the other officers involved in George Floyd's murder were charged. I think we're going to see a a small sense of relief when these guys are actually sentenced. I hope that this is not one of those things where it takes months and months and months to play out. We need these assholes to go to court, go to trial, be found guilty, be sentenced, and we need to see them trotted into prison. And then I think the healing can start until that point. I think it's going to stay at a boiling point exactly where it is right now, because too many times in defense of my black friends, too many times we've seen it get this point. They have seen people and 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 corrupt cops and racist cops and racist people. They have seen them many, 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 many times get to this point. But this is generally where it starts. They plead out the case for a lesser charge or something goes wrong and they end up getting off and then you never hear about those people ever again. They they assume another identity and they get to go on leading their lives. I get that's where the pain, that's where the frustration, that's where the anger comes in. I think on this side of the issue, my black friends are wanting to see this thing brought to fruition. In its full essence, no deals, no pleas, no nothing. Murder, guilty, murder, guilty, murder, guilty, murder, guilty. See you in 25 to life. That's what we need to have happen. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping everybody in this country has the right to a speedy trial. And if if now more than ever, what we need in this country is a speedy fucking trial. Like Thursday of this week at 9 a.m., let's let the trial start. The thing about it is, is you're going to there's no way in the world you're going to find an impartial jury uh, in this case. 
So I'm hoping there's no pleading. I hope there's none of that because what we need to see are these guys going into prison. That needs to be broadcast uh, on every outlet, social media, every major news and cable uh, outlet, news outlet, every channel should broadcast live these assholes being moved and, and sent to prison. Then I think we can start to heal. But until that happens, I think. I would like, and this is me, guys. Okay, look, this is me. I would like to see a little bit more authenticity on my white friend's side, on my side of this table. And I'd like to see a little less judgment from my black friends on the other side of the table. We are with you. We apologize if how we choose to show that is not the exact way that you wish to see it or that we you wish we would show it because nine times out of ten we're afraid that even when we do it's going to be wrong i posted something on instagram the other day and i'm going to end today's podcast with this this is the best one of the best things that i've seen posted and so i wanted to 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 grab it and share it out on mine because i think this is the perfect way to explain And it read this, some are posting on social media, some are protesting in the streets, some are donating silently, some are educating themselves, some are having tough conversations with friends and family. A revolution has many lanes. Be careful to yourself, be kind to yourself and to others who are traveling the same direction. Just keep your foot on the gas. And I just don't think that it could be said any better than that. 99.9% of us are 100% with you. And we just want to make sure that what we're saying and what we're doing is in unity and in solidarity with the message that you want to put out. That's the most important thing. We are with you. Just keep your foot on the gas. Guys, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Steve Freeman Podcast. Don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, leave us five stars. Leave a written review. Uh, Follow me everywhere on social media at the Steve Freeman. And don't forget, follow our sponsors, Performance Inspired Nutrition at pi-nutrition.com. Get 10% off of your order when you enter code Steve at checkout. Also, artistdevelopmentacademy.com. Get your all-access membership right now and get 30% off the next year when you enter code Steve at checkout. Guys, until next time, please keep being creative. Keep pressing the boundaries. There's nothing wrong with being independent. And by God, love somebody today. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for joining us for the Steve Freeman Podcast. Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Steve on social media at, at the Steve Freeman. 